takes the snap, shovel pass ahead to Montgomery to the end zone for the touchdown. And Aaron Rodgers has just become the 11th quarterback in NFL history to throw for 300 career touchdowns. It's 8.36. This is Jeff Wagner. We are joined by the Monday morning quarterback, Wayne Larrabee, the hardest working man in sports broadcasting. Wayne, good morning. Good morning, Jeff. <laughs> what time did you get back from Atlanta last night? Uh, to Milwaukee, about 4.30. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Wayne, um, all right, a lot of questions. By the way, our phone lines are open, 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you have questions for the voice of the Green Bay Packers, um, he is here to answer them. Wayne, let's um, get started. Obviously, yesterday was a disappointing game. What's overall your, your big takeaway? from? What's your Packer fans' takeaway from that uh, game last night? Uh, wow. You know, I thought they showed a lot of grit and coming back and uh, trying to make a game of it. Uh, a lot of things were going wrong. The thing that uh, struck me is in that first half, and really that's the only half that, um, yeah, that that's really where the game was hanging mm-hmm. in the balance. I thought Atlanta, unfortunately, um, from a Packers standpoint, got what they wanted when they wanted it. I get that. That's it's interesting you should say that because that that was the the the, the way the game starts. Packers defer. They kick off. They have a good special teams play that pins Atlanta. I think inside their own fifteen, and then Atlanta, the the, the Packers revamp defense just isn't able to stop them. It looked like almost a replay of the NFC Championship game. Not pass rush can't get home. Julio Jones running free for big games. I mean, is was the defense disappointing? And is the defense good enough to compete with teams like Atlanta moving forward? Well, a week ago we said this would be the barometer game for the Packers' defense, and in some ways it is um, when you consider that Atlanta's the best offense in the NFC and Atlanta's the best team in the NFC. Um, so, you know, that was disappointing, but you have to understand there are also some injuries involved, and uh, because things are where they are now doesn't mean they're going to be this way in January. And, you know, things will change, teams will evolve. Hopefully uh, the Packers' defense will continue to improve and get better. Uh, as we go along, uh, we'll see. Uh, the injuries are a big part of it, Jeff, and, and they're happening all over the league. And, um, you know, it's as a fan, as an observer, uh, it's really disappointing to see injuries play such a huge role in how these games go. Well, you know, Wayne, it's, it's interesting you should mention that because when, when I saw that both of the Packers starting tackles, you know, Blaga and Bakhtiari, were inactive, my, my first reaction and the reaction of some of the people I was with is, well, Number one, we hope Aaron Rodgers doesn't get killed. And number two, that that's pretty much the game. How are you going to be able to compete? That Losing those two starting tackles had to be a killer. Yeah, it was because it changed the game plan, Jeff. Uh, suddenly they weren't able to do what they would like to do against Atlanta, and that is take some shots downfield and, and really press that coverage a little bit. Um, you know, they were they had to go to a very quick get the ball out of your hand almost as soon as it gets to you uh, type of passing game. And, you know, again, this main, this is the kind of game Randall Cobb flourishes in, and he had a great ball game last night, I thought. Um, but it, what it did was it limited what the Packers could do offensively, especially in the passing game, and to a maybe a lesser degree, but a, a degree nonetheless, the ground, ground game as well. Because you don't have your two best tackles out there, and, and there's a big drop-off in terms of experience to the next man up. When when the game got out of control, I mean it was twenty four to seven at halftime. Then there's the fumble and they run it back. It's thirty four to seven. I guess 
maybe I'm speaking for just some of the Packer fans at home, but I'm thinking, why leave Aaron Rodgers in there to, to get him killed? <laughs> because the truth is, it's the second game of the year. You, in all likelihood, aren't going to win. And he took some really vicious shots, including one in the last minute of the, of the game. Um, is, does there come a time when you just pull him out and say, okay, look, we're, we're going to come back and play again next week? Yeah, well, you know, they're not – this is interesting, Jeff, because obviously a lot of people feel that way. But you have to understand how these guys are wired. They're not wired like you and me, okay? They're not wired to throw in the towel. They're wired to go after it regardless of the odds, regardless of the deficit, all the way through. And that's the mentality of the coaching staff and of the players. They don't quit on this stuff, you know? They don't throw in the towel. Well, you know, we might have thrown in the towel at halftime, some of us out there. But they don't do that. And they, they go right down to the wire uh, giving it everything they have. And, you know, I admire that on one hand. On the other hand, and yeah, I do worry a little bit about the health of Aaron Rodgers in a situation like that. But nonetheless, that's I'm just telling you, that's the way they're wired. The game is never, it's its not out of reach until the game is over. Um, our number is 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you've got any questions or comments for the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larravee. Wayne, let's talk to Dean in Reedsburg. Dean, good morning. Good morning. I had a question for Wayne. And, you yes. know, momentum is the biggest part of the game. So why didn't the Packers, when they won the coin flip, why didn't they elect to receive it? And to me, that didn't make any sense. That made as much sense as leaving Ann Rodgers in at the end of the game. Um, they always, they almost always, well, I wouldn't say always, they, more often than not, uh, Mike McCarthy likes to um, give up that first possession because he, he's trying to steal an extra possession, get the ball at the end of the first half, and then uh, receive the opening kick to start the second half. And, and a lot of times that works out really well. Uh, there's no question about that. And, in fact, the Packers, Jeff, were in a position to do that. Um, you know, they got the football less than two minutes ago in the game, a couple of penalties, and then Aaron Rodgers trying to take one of the few shots he took deep downfield right. down the sidelines was intercepted by Desmond Trufant with, uh, you know, 47 seconds ago, and then the Falcons scored a quick touchdown there, and that that really is where the game changed irrevocably. That's That was it right there, 24-7 uh, to now at halftime, and, and that changed everything. And, uh, you know, uh, that's the situation. That's what they're trying to do. That's their idea get an extra possession at the end of the first half, last possession, first half, first possession, second half. Wayne, as long as we're talking about that, that's those sequences at the end of the first half, which clearly, you know, I, I think probably changed the whole tide of the game. Let's talk about the most controversial play. It's 17-7. to Packers are backed up. They hit a big play to Randall Cobb over the, over the middle where he gains 30 or 40 yards. It's called back a pick play called on the tight end Bennett. You look at all the replays, and it, it doesn't look like that happened. I mean, was that a bad call? Yeah, I, it looked like it to me. It looked like a bad call to me. There's no doubt. They, they called a couple of pick plays um, out there, and, and uh, you know, that you're right, Jeff. I mean, that was a 36-yard pass play to Randall Cobb, and all of a sudden you get a pick uh, call on uh, Martellus Bennett, and and now the Packers are backed up to their eight-yard line or to their right. seven-yard line. And, uh, you know, that's the thing that, boy, you know, a lot of that's subjective. You can't replay that type of thing. It's a judgment call by the officials on the field, and, and it looked like a questionable call to me. Yeah, because that, I mean, really, if you, I mean, I, I understand taking nothing away for, from Atlanta, but that was kind of a game-changer, 17-7. 
if the Packers are driving, maybe they go down, maybe they score at 17-10, 17-14, going into the half, they get the ball back. Instead, it's 34-7 in a heartbeat, um, or at least 24-7. That got, got to look at that as potentially a game changer. Sure. I, I think there's no question about that. It, it did have a major impact on the football game, uh, and especially since Atlanta went and cashed, uh, cashed in right after that. Wayne, let's take a very quick break. We've got a number of people who have questions and comments for you. If you're on the line, please hold on. If you want to join us, 414-799-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's the Monday Morning Quarterback with Wayne Larrabee, 844-620 WTMJ. It's 848. Jeff Wagner. Shotgun Montgomery to his right. Snap day right. Gets a block from Montgomery. Lofts it down the left side. Adams over the shoulder. Attempt is made. Diving grab. Touchdown. They beat Robert Alford. A sensational grab by Devontae Adams. And that, of course, is Wayne Larrabee, the voice of the Green Bay Packers. It's the Monday Morning Quarterback Show. Wayne, uh, let's go right back to the phones. Let's talk to Dennis in Nashville. Dennis, good morning. Good morning. Uh, before I ask my question, Wayne, uh, I want to thank you so much for the hours and hours of enjoyment uh, uh, I get from your broadcast. Being a displaced fan, I have to listen a lot on, on the radio or stream, and, and you and The Rock are just awesome. Well, thank and, you very uh, much. And my question is, the first couple series the Packers were using the run, and as soon as they got behind and as soon as they saw that, Atlanta was going to move the ball at will. They they seem to abandon the run, and it, 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 to me, that just doesn't it doesn't make sense. It was it, it seemed like it was going better when they were using the run a little bit more. And I'd like your opinion on that. Well, uh, first quarter they ran uh, seven times for twenty eight yards. It's a four yard average with a touchdown by Ty Montgomery. Um, so you're right; they were running fairly effectively at that point in time. But you get into the second quarter there, and Atlanta starts to to collect some steam, and I think the Packers at that point in time um, saw Atlanta clamping down a little bit more defensively in the second quarter against the run, and they went to the short passing game. You know, a lot of times, understand something in the West Coast offense, a lot of times those short passes, those quick little uh, outlet passes to into the flat replace a run. Wayne, let's talk to Mike in Milwaukee. Mike, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Mike. Mike. I'm Go ahead, Mike. Hi, I'm here. Um, so I wanted to, when McCarthy got his uh, um, penalty for 15 yards disorderly, or not disorderly conduct, but <laughs> anyways, um, it, the penalty he had, I thought he was upset um, the fact that um, the, Atlanta was blocking downfield while the ball was in the air. So I think he was thinking that uh, there should have been a flag thrown on that as well. You can see it because it was out in the flat, and the, and the Atlanta guy was downfield blocking while the ball's in the air. I'm pretty sure that's a penalty, isn't that, if, if that is, in fact, what was happening? Yeah, you can't block until the ball's in the air or, you know, or caught, if, as far as I understand it. Um, but I'd have to look up the rule and, and see it for sure. I don't know. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's what I saw. I, I could see it, and I think he might have been, I don't know if anybody caught it, he could have been arguing the fact, you know, already upset that we were called for it, and then they're, they're blocking downfield while the... Uh, but sir, it's pretty evident if you get a chance for the replay. Like I hadn't heard if anybody had asked a question or anything um, afterwards. But that was kind of my thought. No. That it kind of just made him a little bit more upset. Might be something to 
go back and check, and maybe uh, I, yeah. I'm sure he doesn't want to rehash it after today. But um, right. now, thank, yeah, anyways, not that it'll was, change anything. Thanks for calling. Well, speaking of, of that, Wayne. Um, okay, yesterday, you, you know the Packers are going to be in trouble, as we were talking about earlier, when they've got to go into Atlanta and play without their two starting offensive tackles. During the game, Jordy Nelson goes out, Mike Daniels goes out, Devon House goes out, the list goes on and on and on. How banged up is this team after only two games in the season? Uh, we won't know until probably Wednesday at the earliest. Maybe uh, maybe Michael have some information tonight. He's got a press conference at 7 o'clock. Uh, he might have, be able to shed some light on, on the uh, injury situation. But generally they wait till practice begins on Wednesday to see who's going to be there and who's going to be able to practice and get ready for the game. So we should know more later in the week. Um, the injuries, it didn't appear to me like any of these injuries are season-ending, although I don't know the severity of the shoulder injury suffered by Randall Cobb late in the ballgame. Um, how big a loss was it when Mike Daniels left the game early? No, I think that's huge. He's their best defensive player. Um, sets the tone up front. Uh, I think it allowed Atlanta to carve him up a little bit inside with some of those inside runs that they had with uh, Devontae Freeman. And and I think the as the game wore on, more and more you felt the, the loss of uh, uh, of Mike Daniels for the Packers. You know, Wayne, you alluded to this earlier, that the injuries, and it's not just the Packers. It's, it's teams losing players all over the league. How big a problem is this for the NFL? And, and I mean, NFL, big picture, NFL TV ratings, for example, are down. Lots of factors behind that. But one of them, I've always have to believe, is you've got all these stars who keep who are getting hurt because of the nature of the game. And after a while, I think it gets frustrating for the fans. Yeah, Jeff, I heard your show the other day. Very interesting about the ratings and that type of thing. And, and I, I think you brought up the good point. It, it's not any one thing. Right. It's a compilation of a bunch of issues and i think injuries are a part of it and here here's what let me tell you what one of my sons said about uh, the nfl he says he's not a big nfl fan because you know why dad the injuries decide everything in that game you know the two healthiest teams in the nfl last year new england and atlanta in the you know super where they bowl. ended up <laughs> in the super bowl okay you know and the problem is and this is my pet peeve with the whole thing and, and this is what and i don't have a solution and i know these coaching staffs and these players are in a conundrum okay because bigger faster stronger has not made the game better jeff what it's made is more injuries and here's the thing you can't practice the way they used to prepare for a football season okay you don't have live tackling and practice at training camp you don't have two-a-day practices you don't have teams playing any more than maybe a half total of football in a preseason. Nobody of a starting capacity plays the last week of the preseason. So it could be two or three weeks between games for those guys. Now you come to September, and now you go, okay, boys, balls to the fire, four quarters, NFL football. And I'm telling you, nobody's in shape to do that. And, you know, the problem with this league and the problem with the NFL, as I see it, and with some of these people who are talking about injuries, and they're right, is that a lot of times if your team is unlucky in September, you'll come out of September and you'll be um, injured beyond recognition. And in a lot of cases, if they're season-ending injuries, it changes everything for your season. So it's really, as an observer, as a fan, that depresses me. And and to see all these injuries, fortunately for the Packers, I don't think they suffered any season-ending injuries. They'll get these guys back. They'll be good. But um, this is the problem. Coaching staffs can't prepare teams for the season the way to to take on the kind of physical play you're going to get 
starting in September for 16 weeks. They just can't do it. They're not allowed to do it by the CBA. They're not allowed to do it because if they do prepare the way they used to 30 years ago, Jeff, they'll blow each other up on the practice field. And the other thing is in preseason, what's the most degrading thing that could possibly happen to your football team? Lose a star in a preseason game that means nothing. So you don't play your stars very often, very much in the preseason. And, and when you get to September, they're still getting into football shape. They're in shape. Don't get me wrong. They all come to, to, to camp in great condition. But they're not in NFL hitting football shape to go through the grind of a four-quarter game and a 16-week season. And that takes a whole month. By October, I tell people this all the time, we'll see the NFL in October. But unfortunately, some teams will be scarred by injury beyond recognition. Wayne, it appears, uh, just to wrap this up, it appears um, disappointing loss yesterday. Packers get kind of a scheduling break. They're at home against Cincinnati. And you know, any team on any weekend, I understand that. But Cincinnati appears to be a dumpster fire right now. So Packers appear to be playing them at the right time. Well, Jeff, this is a team, though, that has some very good talent. A.J. Green is a um, you know, Julio Jones-type receiver, except that he runs deeper patterns. Uh, they've got a Pro Bowl quarterback in Andy Dalton, and again, they're not playing well right now. They've got, uh, I think, the best rookie running back in the league in Joe Mixon. On defense, Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins on that defensive front are just outstanding. They're all pro players. Uh, they've got a couple of uh, talented cornerbacks in Drake Kirkpatrick and Adam Pacman Jones. So this is a team that has more talent than 0-2, but they haven't scored a touchdown in 25 possessions yet, and they're the first team to open at home and not score a touchdown, open with their first two games at home and not score a touchdown during those games since the 1939 Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they kind of scare me, Jeff, because they're due. <laughs> well, hopefully hopefully <laughs> not next Sunday, my friend. Okay, you, yeah, you get some not. rest, and we will talk to you next Monday morning with the Monday Morning Quarterback. I appreciate your time. Thank you. That's it. That's uh, Wayne Larravee, who uh, got back to Milwaukee 4.30 this morning. Um, Green Bay Packers, it's one game in a long season.